Hello and welcome back to After Whistle Sports. I'm Dylan and I'm here joined by uh, some new folks, Tony and Derek. These are my NBA guys. So we haven't uploaded in a while. Uh, college basketball and college football seasons are both over. And so we were thinking about what we want to record. And uh, these NBA playoffs have been pretty entertaining so far. We're on to the conference finals and so I thought we were going to include a little bit of our analysis and give a, give a brief overview of, of what's been going on in the playoffs so far. So what do you guys think? What, what's the most surprising thing so far, at least of the teams who advanced or the teams who uh, have recently been knocked out? Well, uh, first off, I mean, no one expected the Mavs to make it this far. People said that they would get eliminated by the Jazz and then obviously the Suns. I mean, huge upset by the Mavs. Um, I mean, I'm not too surprised by the Eastern Conference, but the West is a little bit shaky right now. Yeah, I think the Mavs just bringing it to seven games is like also a testament of their strength considering how well they've been playing at home. And um, I know there's been a little bit of a trend in the West where people tend to win more home games than away games, at least for, uh, it looks like that's how it's been in the Suns-Mavs series especially. Uh, also agree. Uh, another thing is the Heat, the 76ers. I think people kind of expected um, Harden to step up a little bit more than he did, and it kind of showed how uh, he's declined since his peak. Um, Rockets. Yeah, I was really surprised with the Mavs as well because I felt like they were one of those teams where everyone knew Luka was going to get his yeah. and drop the 35 point, 40 point games, mm -hmm. but his supporting cast has been really incredible. You see, like, Mac Kaliba is shooting, I believe, like 37% from three. You have Dorian Finney-Smith, who's playing great defense and, and spacing the floor for them. And then Jalen Brunson's a guy who uh, is, like, a great second ball handler for Luka. If, like, Luka's being guarded by um, the opposing team, two guard, Brunson's going to get his own against the one. Yeah. Um, and so, like, as a team in general, they just play really good defense and they space the floor well. And so I was surprised when they beat the Suns, but uh, they're definitely a strong team. And so with that being said... Let's go into a little bit of predictions for maybe the upcoming round, conference finals between the Warriors and the Suns. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think? Who, first of all, who do you guys think is going to win that game, in how many games, and who are the X factors, do you believe, in the series? Uh, this might be a little controversial, but I think the Mavs will win the series in six. I think that their role players have been doing exactly what they need to in terms of shooting well when Luka gets double teamed and spacing the floor extremely well. I don't think the Warriors have a great defensive matchup against Luka with the injuries of Gary Payton and Otto Porter's day-to-day, -day, which means he won't be at his full strength. Um, and they, the biggest weakness for both teams is obviously the lack of a center, which means just it seems like it's just going to be a small ball matchup, and I think the Mavs have been playing slightly better than the Warriors as of recent. You know, I actually agree with that take a lot, but I don't know if I could conclusively say that the Mavs are going to beat the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors have championship experience. They have, you know, experienced roster, experienced coach. They have a lot of really good shooters and a lot of uh, players that can handle the ball and sort of create their own shots, like Jordan Poole, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. They can all do that. And so I think that they'll be a little bit lethal. Uh, I have Warriors in seven, but, you know, the Mavs can put up a good fight. I think that they have a lot of good 3 and D players, and they match up well against the Warriors as a result. But it's just difficult to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with Derek here. I actually also have the Warriors in seven. I just think both teams are going to try to play small, and I feel like Draymond Green is going to be the X-Factor in the series once again, as we've seen 
many like basically every playoff series he's played in, he's had like one of the biggest effects on the court mm-hmm. because what he can do defensively, kind of just roaming around and being able to stop that Luca pick and roll, I feel like is something really important. Um, what the Warriors usually do against star scores like superstar players is like we saw with Kevin Durant, LeBron, they'll let Luca score forty points as long as they shut down the other guys. And so I feel like the Mavericks could have a chance to take over the series if guys like Dorian Finney-Smith or Spencer Dinwiddie or Jalen Brunson end up having big games where they break out because that's what the Warriors don't want. They're fine with Luka getting his, but they don't want Luka and Brunson or Luka and Smith or Luka and Kleba putting up big numbers in that game. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, I think that the Mavericks have just like a lot of options that I'm not sure that the Warriors can defend all of them, especially with the loss of, of Gary Payton. You know, it's difficult to defend all three ball handlers, Brunson, Doncic, and Dinwiddie. It's it's difficult uh, task for the Warriors to complete, I feel. Uh, so just think statistically, the Mavs have been <clears throat> having a better series than, or having a better playoffs uh, experience than the Warriors, considering the blowout loss to the Grizzlies, and just the inconsistency from deep that we've been seeing with the Warriors, like uh, Clay and Jordan Poole in particular have been having a lot of on and off games, whereas uh, the when someone's shooting poorly on the Mavs, someone else tends to step up, and they just have a lot of players that are really good at doing exactly what they need to and hitting threes. Um, personally, like I think the Warriors are a little bit overranked right now. Like I think Grizz- the Grizzlies were a relatively easy matchup for the second round compared to like obviously the Suns and. Uh, the Mavs beating the reigning Western Conference champions I think is also a testament to their strength and I think they'll carry that momentum into the next series yeah I want to talk a little about the inconsistencies from the Warriors especially shooting wise we've seen Clay Thompson he had an outstanding game six but his game four and five were pretty brutal Um, he's been really inconsistent since coming back from the injury which you would expect but at some point I think he's gonna flip the switch and go back to the clay we know from before the injury where you really can't leave him open and what the Grizzlies would do is they actually in the first few games of the series why they were so successful is they were able to uh, help off clay a little bit more than they're usually supposed to and he just wasn't hitting all of his open shots which really puts a lot of pressure on Steph to both shoot incredibly well outside and also be able to create uh, in the paint with the pick and roll and so I feel like Clay Thompson's going to be a little bit better in this series. Um, but, I mean, like the Mavs, they're going to put Dorian Finney-Smith on him, right? Or they're going to put one of those other wingies, like yeah, Bullock probably, or, or yeah, one of those guys? Probably Dorian. Yeah. I mean, those those are, like, pretty elite-level defensive wings. I mean, th- those are tough guys. And, again, we saw Clay against guys like Desmond Bain. Mm-hmm. But it's not an easy task for Clay to, to start lighting it up again against those two wing defenders. But... Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that we need to keep in mind is that the Warriors play, like, a very, very different style of basketball than the Suns, and so it's, like, it's not exactly, like, applicable. Like, the lessons yeah. that we've learned from the previous series, it's not, like, totally applicable. I mean, I think that the Warriors play a lot of fast break. Dr- Draymond likes to push the ball, and I feel like maybe that can shake up the series uh, just a little bit. Yeah, but I think the Mavs are actually a perfect team to match up with the Warriors. Yeah. Because they play, I mean, they're going to play small ball, and they're going to want to guard in transition and they're going to want to switch basically everything which 
if you're playing the Warriors, like you better be able to switch, and you better be able to switch a big onto either Pool or onto Curry. I mean, you don't want a big on Curry, but as we saw with the Memphis series, like you have to at some points, mm-hmm. and so. That's why I feel like the Mavericks have a little bit of an upper hand, like rather than the Grizzlies, is because they have the defenders and they have the length and the athleticism to switch basically one through five, mm-hmm. which can give the Warriors some problems. Yeah, I also think the loss of some of the Warriors' backup guards is impactful because the Mavericks really like to double team like the stars, like Book and CB3 got double teamed a lot, and it forced the role players to actually have to hit some shots. So the last loss of some of their bench depth will. I think also be pretty impactful in the series. So what do we think? I mean, we gave our we gave our Derek and I gave our reasons for the Warriors in seven. Tony gave our his reason for the uh, Mavericks. Now, let's take the other perspective here. Tony, why do you think the Warriors could end up winning this series? Uh, I think the best reason that I heard among the reasons that were discussed is playoff experience. Obviously, they've been to the finals quite a few times and. They have a lot of really good players that can step up when they need to, and we've also seen a lot of like instances of, I think, maybe untapped potential. Like, Wiggins was an all-star this year, and he's been averaging better numbers. Some games he plays well, some games he doesn't. If the Warriors are hot, it could be very dangerous to stop, especially given uh, the potential for players like Jordan Poole to drop like 30 in a night. But um, I also think the Warriors are really good against uh, small ball lineups in particular. Uh, they're used to that style of offense, and they know. I feel like they probably have a better understanding of its weaknesses and strengths than anything else. So, I think they have a pretty good matchup against the Mavs. Derek, what about what about the uh, the Mavericks being able to? Take I mean, I just want to comment on that real quick. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what you said, and I think that um, in the series, Wiggins is going to be the X factor, um, and really like the deciding factor, um, because it seems like there's going to be a lot of just like the Mavericks focusing on Curry, Clay, and Poole. But if Wiggins can really step up, I think the Warriors can uh, can beat the Mavericks in the series. Um, as so, as for your point, I mean, um, I think that you know the Mavs obviously Luca can go off on any any given night. He has the potential to drop forty whenever he wants to. Um, I like that the Mavericks have a lot of three and D people that can guard a variety of positions like Bullock. Um, but I also like that they have like a really really good defensive team, which is um, a little bit scary against the Warriors, who are very very quick paced. Um, and Jason Kidd seems to be doing really, really well defensively as a coach. So that's something that can definitely um, help the Mavericks win the series. Yeah, I think that, again, I talked about it a little bit more when I, when I gave my initial prediction. But Jalen Brunson, to me, is a guy who I feel like is a make or break in the series either way. Um, if he's playing up to like his elite level, which we saw um, in certain points in the regular season, we saw in certain games in the playoffs, not necessarily super consistent, but... We've seen it in a, in a few of these games so far. Um, he's hard to game plan around because you can put him and Luca on the court at the same time, and you basically have two guys who can score at all three levels, who can create, who can run the pick and roll, and who could run in transition. And that's just hard to pick up um, because let's say you have to try to give a soft double or a hedge on Luca on a pick and roll, like you can't really leave him open, and he's so good. Um, drawing fouls, he's so good getting getting to lane as a smaller guy and creating. Um, he's the guy who I feel like the Warriors are looking at right now and trying to create like a full game plan to really contain him. Um, because if they contain Brunson, I, I think this series is going to be um, not fairly easy for the Warriors, but 
it's definitely going to be a winnable series with home court advantage. So I'm, I'm curious, who do you think the Warriors are going to guard Brunson with? That's a tough question. Like, I mean, I guess it's it depends on who they're going to throw at Luka. Because mm-hmm. I was saying they're going to throw Wiggins at Luka, or at least for some for most of the time they're going to try to put Wiggins on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I could definitely see like Draymond getting some time on Luka. I could see Clay getting yeah. some time on Luka. Yeah. Um, and that means that it's going to be whoever is not going to Luka is probably going to be the second guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it could be Curry. I mean, Curry on Brunson. That's not, not a good that's, look for the Warriors. It's <laughs> not a good look, but who are you going to put him in? That? Like, yeah. Poole, maybe? I mean, Poole's a better defender than Curry. But if you have, if you want to run Poole and Curry on the court at the same time, maybe with a guy like Clay, mm-hmm. then that's that's a little bit of a problem, right? If you run a guy yeah. like Looney, if you run a lineup of like Looney, Curry, Clay, and Poole, and try to run like a smaller small ball lineup, I mean that's tough. And I feel like that's when the Mavs are gonna unload their like mm-hmm. three guard and put Kleba and yeah. Anthony Smith there. The other thing about the Mavs is they're really good at targeting specific players, mm-hmm. like the yep. way they targeted Chris Paul in the series. Yeah. Um, they'll probably force uh, like either ISO situations with Luca and Steph or uh, switches or like ball rotation until they end up doubling Luca, which they probably will have to do at some point because he's kind of unstoppable right now. Just yeah. Yeah, I've seen some like incredible clips where he does like this new spin move into like a step back spin. three. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see what they it's do, crazy. but I think it's gonna be a good series. Yeah, who do you who do you hide Curry on? I guess like on on the defensive end of the floor. Like, do you have him go, like? I mean, I like personally, I would just put him on a shooter like like Bullock because mm-hmm. you don't want you don't want him on someone that's like can drive to the lane, right? Because mm-hmm. that's yeah. one of Curry's main weaknesses. But if you can just stay in the corner and just sort of like yeah. be invisible on defense, I feel like that's the best defensive matchup for the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, they they hit him pretty well against the Grizzlies, to be honest. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. The, the Grizzlies didn't have many opportunities to attack in one on one. I mean, when they did, they usually scored. But yeah. um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the Mavericks run their offense and try to try to hunt those matchups that they do want mm-hmm. um, yeah. instead of having Luca try to go toe to toe with with Draymond or, or Wiggins the entire game. Which I mean, Luca can do that. It would just be um, a Giannis type effort, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Okay, let's move on to the Eastern Conference a little bit. Um, what do you guys see so far from from these two teams, the Heat and the Celtics? I mean, we can talk a little bit about the Celtics Bucks Game Seven oh, yeah. and that whole series because honestly, that was one of the better playoff series I feel like we've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just physical. Like sometimes it was pretty ugly bad basketball but yeah. for the most part it was just a defensive masterpiece from the Celtics definitely um what makes the Celtics as a team just so good so like so tough to attack in the half court well first and foremost I think there's just not like an exploitable player on the Celtics you know like definitely agree. there's definitely exploitable players on other teams but you know the Celtics have a really solid defensive lineup they move smart to the one just so they could have like a really really guardable, you know, a, a team that can guard, you know, any position, and you can switch really easily. So the Celtics have that. They have the ability to stop dominant big men, dominant wings, because they have Grant Williams, you know, Al Horford locking up the paint. Even Robert Williams wasn't playing, but, like, they're still doing fantastic. Um, so I think they have a really, really, you know, solid rotation um, that is keeping their defense really, really good. Yeah, uh, 
defense, they've been coached super well. Uh, Ime Odoka's been doing a great job with the Celtics so far. Um, honestly, I think this is going to be a very defensive matchup between the two teams. Uh, I think, the honestly, one of the X factors might be the performance of uh, either Jalen or Marcus Smart, uh, given Kyle Lowry's absence and the Heat having to substitute in guards that have less playoff experience and, um, I mean, arguably better defense than Lowry, but uh, less playoff experience. And uh, obviously, I'm assuming Butler's going to be on Tatum, so that would definitely be a, a quite the showdown. But I think the X Factor will come down to some of their uh, other guards. In this yeah, game. I'm excited to see how Tatum responds to being hounded by, by Jimmy for basically like 40 minutes every yeah. game for the entire series because when we saw him against the Bucks, he had a bunch of different guys on him. Like he, he, had, he had times where he had Giannis guarding him and giving him like three feet of space and he's able to just pull up. Again, I, I don't know why Giannis wouldn't just guard him, but I, I remember Tatum, in, at least in that game seven, Tatum had so many threes where Giannis just wouldn't step up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw him against um, some of the other like Bucks wings <laughs> that mm-hmm. aren't very good, like Grayson Allen, he oh, yeah. dominated. We saw him against uh, uh, Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews for a lot. Actually, Wesley Matthews did a really nice job for the first couple yeah. of games, and then Tatum seemed to figure him out a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. it's different going against Jimmy Butler because he's not a guy that the Heat are gonna like switch on to a ton of different guys. Like most of the time, Butler's gonna be on yeah. the guy they want to be on, and yeah. then Bam's gonna be able to just kind of switch around, mm-hmm. which is, I mean. Part of the reason why Miami is so good mm-hmm. is because they have those two guys who, I mean, you put one of them on the best scorer on the other team, and then you put Bam to kind of roam and switch on whoever they need to on the ball. Yeah. Um, and they have, like, a bunch of other guys that can, for the most part, be serviceable off-ball defenders. But I was really impressed with the Celtics and how they handled Giannis. Um, you don't really get that type of player with the Heat. I feel like it's a different defensive game plan against mm-hmm. the Heat. Because the Heat are gonna run their sets like sixty five percent of the time, whereas I'm pretty sure the Bucks in the in the second half of the game seven just like didn't run any of their stuff. They just wanted to go like Giannis ISO or like mm-hmm. Drew Holiday ISO, which obviously didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what the Heat are gonna do to you defensively is they're gonna make you run around, mm-hmm. just like run like the Heat are gonna upload all their shooters like Max Struess, like Vincent Duncan. Oh, maybe Duncan Robinson might get in the game. I don't know. <laughs> But they're going to make you run around and guard all those guys. Yeah. And Grant Williams, I think, was a perfect piece for the Bucks because they needed someone bigger. They needed yeah. someone who could help off the ball. I think Grant Williams is going to get exposed in this series defensively mm-hmm. because I don't know if he's mobile enough to guard the wings of the Heat and kind of stick and guard for, like, an entire possession. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's, what's your opinion on that? I'm curious to see if they bring back the, like, double center Robert Williams and um, Horford, which they did a little bit towards yeah. the postseason. Because uh, obviously, like, PJ Tucker's, like, solid. He's not necessarily, like, a traditional, like, bigger four, but is probably more of a 3 and D type player. So I'm curious to see whether or not the Celtics choose to uh, play more of a small ball lineup or more of the, like, larger uh, lineup you're playing with at the end of the season and uh, yeah. some of the earlier series. I feel like the Celtics would try to use that bigger lineup sometimes. I think so. Because. The one thing with the Heat is that like they don't have the size necessarily. Really. Like, but at the same time, I don't. It really depends on how the Heat are gonna attack 
um, offensively. Like, if the Heat are going to try to be, like, super perimeter-oriented, which they have at some times, mm-hmm. um, then I believe that the Celtics are going to try to run small ball lineups to kind of match that speed. I think so, too. But if the Heat are going to run, like, Bam and, like, another non-shooter, maybe, at the four, mm-hmm. then I could definitely see the Celtics trying to, like, put that Robert Williams, Al Horford lineup in. And, like, both those guys are bigger players, but they're not, like, traditional bigs. No. Like, Horford can shoot from the perimeter. I mean, Horford can try to guard some guys on the perimeter. Like, mm-hmm. that's probably not the best matchup, but he can do it at some points. Yeah. Rob Williams, I feel like he can guard basically anyone on the perimeter. Like, he's that good of a defender but again like he can struggle a little bit on offense so I don't know it's, it's a good chess match to kind of see mm-hmm. what lineups are being played yeah I mean I think you have to like imagine that the series is going to largely be played on the perimeter um, because both teams have such good inside defense especially with Bam and Robert Williams I feel like uh, there will be a good amount of small ball played uh, just from both sides um, the Heat have a lot of really really good guards really really good defensive guards too that they can put on, like, Jalen Brown and put on Marcus Smart, so, I mean, yeah, looking, I don't know. Another question I had was, how much does the Heat kind of limit the amount of players they play? Because we saw in the playoffs, they played, like, an an eight, nine-man rotation, like, even ten at some points. Like, do do you guys see that, do you guys see the Heat maybe toning down the rotation in, like, some of these, like, closer playoff game-type moments, or do you think they still let's say, like, give, like, Caleb Martin, Dwayne Dedman, Gabe Vincent their minutes. Because they've been getting, like, 15 minutes a game um, and allowing guys like Lowry and uh, Oladipo to kind of get some rest sometimes. I mean, that's a really good question. I think... I don't... I think that Spolstra will shorten the rotation, but it's not necessarily, like, a solid rotation. I think that he'll be making adjustments game to game and he'll be switching people in and out of the rotation. Um... But I definitely think he'll show in the rotation, um, you know, play Jimmy the most minutes for sure, and yeah, show in the rotation. Yeah, it seems like he uses a lot of the like really defensive guards just to like tire people out, almost like bench yeah. energy for defense. And um, sometimes when the shots aren't falling, you just gotta sub in someone else. Like we saw what he did with Duncan Robinson; he went from like a starter to like a bench off the bench to, like, sometimes not even getting he minutes for most of the series. He played, like, six minutes, I yeah. believe, in the last yeah. series. The yeah. Heat three-point percentage has been suffering, though, so I'm curious to see if Spolstra will uh, start playing Duncan Robinson or, uh, some of the, or choose one of the defensive guards like Struess or Vincent to yeah. ha- get more minutes compared to the other guards. The problem with Duncan Robinson, it's almost like... The Heat being so good defensively is bad for Duncan Robinson because they know if they put him in, the Celtics are not going to want to attack anyone else on the Heat one-on-one. They're just going to zero in on him. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's not because he's, like, so so much, like, of a terrible defender. It's just that he's so much worse than everyone else on the Heat individually. Mm-hmm. And so you put him in there, and what you don't want happening is, like, Tatum and Brown getting free looks. Yeah. Because, I mean, the way the Heat want to play is they want to limit the amount of, like, good shots that the Celtics really get, especially from the two guys who can heat up. And so, yeah, I, I honestly, like, Duncan Robinson over-under, like, total, like, <laughs> 24 minutes. Like, well, what are you thinking? I'd In the whole have, series. I'd give the under on that one. The under? Like, Jalen Brown is such a good offensive threat, especially, like, he, he's just, he's been performing super well in the fourth quarter for a lot of series. Uh, I think these games are going to be close. I don't think there's 
gonna be much playtime for Duncan. <laughs> so we got the under. We got one under. Derek, what do you think? I mean, I think I'm gonna go over. Actually, I okay. think that the Heat are gonna put in Duncan Robinson uh, as as like a bench spark player because I think that I think that the Heat starting lineup will have some difficulty scoring, and so they might need that little burst off the bench, which is why I think they'll use Robinson. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going under. <laughs> Again, like. I'm just imagining to myself, they put Robinson in at, like, maybe, like, the beginning of the third quarter a little bit, and they just let Jason Tatum switch on him and pick the rolls <laughs> and just score, like, six points in a row, and then he goes right back out. Um, but, like, you get Max Struess, and, I mean, he's basically Duncan Robinson, and, like, he's better on defense, mm-hmm. and he's a better, like, ball handler, too. You can use him as, like, a secondary ball handler, so. I don't know. Unless Max Struess is, like, unable to find the rim, like, <laughs> I don't think he's going to play at all. And... Well, let's talk a little bit on that note about um, offensively what the Heat are going to try to do because this team is – we're talking about inconsistency with the, the Warriors. The Heat are really consistent defensively, but you don't know what you're going to get on the offense. Like, yeah. are you going to get Butler putting 40 points per game? But, like, are you going to get, like, Kyle Lowry and Bam not doing anything on offense, basically, which has happened in playoff games before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a – that's a good question. I mean, it seems like the Heat offense is really relying on Jimmy as a primary facilitator. Um, and so I think it's largely going to depend on how the Celtics can defend and contain Jimmy. Uh, because we've seen Jimmy be able to exploit, you know, like elite center defenses like the 76ers. Or we see, we've seen him be able to, you know, do what he wants. And so I want to see what the Celtics draw up defensively. Uh, but... Yeah, I think Jimmy will, will do his thing. It's just a question of if the other pieces on the roster can do their thing as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. They have the they have a similar situation to, um, almost, I almost want to say like the Grizzlies, where they have a lot of solid players and a few stars around them. And I, I'm curious to see which players step up on the Heat, because they have like players like Oladipo, who yeah, definitely, like we've, we've seen... Uh, glimpses of greatness from him and Tyler Hero, obviously sixth man of the year, great energy off the bench curious to see how he matches up against uh, a Tyler a tired like Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart, uh, I think the heat depth will definitely be uh, mm-hmm. to their advantage in the series and I'm curious to see who steps up. I think Tyler Hero could be a possible X factor for the heat mm-hmm. um, just because he's the one guy I feel like the Celtics really have to worry about creating his own shot. Like, Jimmy's a great player, mm-hmm. but, like, you can kind of help off Jimmy and contain him somewhat because he's not the best perimeter shooter. Uh, a guy like Bam, like, again, he's, like, a great athlete. He can run a transition. He's going to make, like, those, like, eight-footers, those little floaters. But, mm-hmm. again, like, you don't worry about him too much. Like, you just put a guy like Al Horford on him, he could probably do a pretty solid job. But, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like... But Tyler Hero, he's a tough one because as, as great as Marcus, like a defender Marcus Smart is, I feel like Tyler Hero can, can give him some problems, at least like the most problems on, on like the Heat roster. So I don't know. I, I, like, I like Hero in this matchup specifically over some of the other Heat players. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I think... Some people to keep in mind, though, on the Celtics. Um, I mean, I think Derek White plays some pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. He could be a good defensive guard. Um, you know, I, th- I I don't think that the Celtics have as much guard depth as the Heat do, um, which could potentially be a concern. But 
I think that the Celtics do have a lot of like good role players that can switch onto like certain defenders and, and defend all types of positions. Yeah, definitely. Like I could see like them putting like Grant Williams on one of their guards because he's yeah. like definitely like uh, small enough for that to work. I'm curious to see if they play like some of their other players. Like Peyton Pritchard has been getting a, actually a decent amount of minutes recently. I'm mm-hmm. curious to see if they actually like continue uh, playing. Peyton and whether or not they'll like uh, be able to deal with the heat depth because there's been times where I've seen the heat play like more of a small ball lineup or just a lot of guards and uh, I'm curious to see if they can exploit the lack of right I wouldn't say lack of because I agree Derek White is a really good defensive guard but I'm curious to see if they can exploit some mismatches yeah like Derek White's a good player but he's not like a factor in offense mm-hmm. like we saw yeah. He's, I mean, he's not. Uh, we saw, like, Brooke Lopez on Derek White. Okay, and he's basically mm-hmm. shutting him down. Like, De- uh, Derek White, he's a good defender. He's not someone, like... Listen, if the Celtics are going to win the like games by feeding Derek White against mismatches, then I feel like the Heat are going to live with that. Because every time Derek White takes a shot, that's one shot that Tatum and Brown aren't taking. Yeah. So, <laughs> like... Yeah. Like, you, you want Derek White to try to create or try to, like spot up at the top of the key like you're fine with that uh and i agree with tony with the fact that the celtics don't have as much guard depth which which could present an issue but marcus smart has been really good like he can hold like as a point guard he can definitely hold his own which i was curious to see how he perform in the playoffs as a point guard but i mean he's exceeded expectations so far so there's nothing that makes me think that he can't do what he's been doing against the heat i mean like for sure, Marcus Smart has been like a great defender, um, and like I guess a two-way player throughout the playoffs. But it's just a question of like he can't play the full forty-eight minutes, and the Heat just have like a barrage of guards that they can throw at the Celtics. Yeah. So like, they can throw Gabe Vincent there. Yeah. And, like that's not like an easy matchup. <laughs> yeah, it's... I'm also curious to see how the Heat defensive uh, defensively, like if they choose to double team Tatum, for example. We saw what they did to Trey Young, clamping him up in the first round, and. I'm curious to see how Spolstra uh, chooses to organize the defense. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll double um, just because that like, you don't want against the Celtics to leave some of these like guys in the corner open. Like, Horford can hit an open shot. Mm-hmm. Grant Williams can hit an open shot. Like, of course, like, again, I talked bad about Derek White, but, like, at times he can be, like, a useful <laughs> player somewhat. <laughs> Pritchard, again, like, you don't want to leave him open. Yeah. And so I'm looking through, like, their rotation, and it's just a bunch of guys who can shoot, and then Robert Williams. But um, you – I don't know. I guess you could double, to be honest. Like, if, if you trust your rotation enough mm-hmm. for the Heat, like, defensively, and they've been great defensively, like, mm-hmm. you, I guess you could. But I think they can guard him, pr- like, pretty much straight up and just let Tatum score his, like, 30-point games and just limit Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. So now let's go on. What, what do we think about our predictions here? We'll, we'll start with Tony this time. Uh, Tony, what, what do you think? Who's moving on from the East? I'm not entirely sure about the number of games yet, but I think I'm going to go with the Celtics here. Um, I just think they have... Like, we've seen them overcome some good matchups, uh, been very well in the clutch time. But on the other hand, like, the Heat have been doing a great job against some of these, uh, like, pretty solid teams. Like, everyone expected the 76ers to do much better. 
the Hawks obviously made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and they dealt with them pretty easily. But I think I have to give it to the Celtics. I think it'll be a close series, and I, I think it'll either go to six or seven. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that too. I think I'm gonna go with Celtics in seven. Um, I mean, it's it's really difficult to say, but I feel like the Celtics just have um, a little more star power at the top in terms of scoring. Um, I think this is gonna be a very defensive series, so I think that those um, like little like increments uh, in scoring will be the difference maker, especially with like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, and I also think that with Lowry out, um, the Heat just like the Heat like, are playing good without Lowry, but I think that Lowry is a difference maker that would benefit the Heat, and I think without him, the Celtics have a much better chance to to win the conference finals. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I, I think the Celtics should win. I'm going to say six games. But, um, again, like for, the, for similar reasons, I just think they have more options than the Heat. And, I don't know, like, the Heat are one of those teams where when they're really hot, like when guys like Struess are hitting their shots, when guys like Vincent can give you solid minutes like they're really tough to guard and they're tough to beat but I don't think in a seven game series you're going to be able to sustain the level of scoring that Tatum, Brown, and Smart even Horford can bring yeah. um, which is why I think like it's going to be a good series it's going to be like a defensive grinder I feel like mm-hmm. and it's going to come down to who can hit the big shots when they need to and who besides Tatum or Butler can hit the big shots when they need to yeah. and I just trust the Celtics supporting cast on that side of the For ball sure. a lot more yeah um so the Celtics have like been the higher seed in like the previous two series, but now they're they're facing the one seed, so they're not going to have home court advantage. Do you think that that affects the series in any way? Or I'm not gonna lie, like Heat home court advantage is kind of overrated because they don't even like sell out their stadium anymore. <laughs> like, okay, I think that's a myth. I think that's a myth. No, the Heat are one of the most tamest places to play no. in the playoffs. <laughs> Did you watch those games? Well, no, I saw the clips, but I'm pretty sure it was because, like, traffic or something. Like, okay, so is <laughs> I don't that, think it was why, legit. Darren, what, what agenda do you have? Why are you protecting the, the Heat? Uh... Well, I'm just saying, like, I think the Heat home court, like, could be a could be a real thing. Uh, I mean, it, of course, it's, I mean, home court advantage. Right. Yeah. I still think South 6 and 6, though. Sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I've seen the Heat stadium during some of these games. It doesn't look very packed. Uh, I've heard different things, like traffic. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think, like... Like, to me, the home court advantage is going to make the game closer. Is it going to be a game decider? I don't necessarily think so. I think, like, we've seen Tatum Game 6 take over in the Bucks Stadium, and, like, they have a... That's true. They don't have that poor of, like, a away record. No. I don't know. They won, they won games on the road in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. They're not a team like the Grizzlies are going to, like, collapse on the road. Yeah. Like, I think someone like the Warriors are way more of a uh, play-better-at-home team yeah. than... Celtics or Heat. Okay, let's go real quick. Just go through. Let's say, let's give our finals predictions. I know this is pretty early, but uh, we both think the Celtics are getting through from the East. So, mm-hmm. Tony, who do you think ultimately come back in like a month? Who's got it? <laughs> uh, I think that's, I, I kind of think the Celtics will be the NBA champions this year. Like, I think they have a really good matchup against either the uh, Warriors or Mavs, just given their depth of or not depth, but like lack of defensive weaknesses that are exploitable and just really good, uh, like guards and forwards to match up against the Mavs or the Warriors. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say the same. I think Celtics. Uh, whoever comes out of the West, the Celtics are probably beating them. Um, yeah, Tatum just looks really good right now. So. Yeah, this is this is probably a hot take. 
but I mean, according to, to five thirty eight, they have the lowest chance to, to win the finals. But I like the Warriors. Oh, I I just okay. think like talent wise, as a team, you don't want to see them in a seven game series, and I think they could compete with anyone in seven games. Any team, like when they're again, they've been inconsistent, but like I think they're gonna really button it down at this point from this point forward. Um, and it's just it's hard to guard Curry, Clay, Draymond, Poole, Wiggins, like. It, no, no one has like we talk about these teams that have great defensive schemes, great defenders, but like no one has that many great defenders. Um, and ultimately, I think the Warriors just they have that playoff experience. Um, I like their matchup against a team like the Heat. Uh, Celtics would be a little bit harder, but I don't know. I, I like the Warriors in this one, but we'll see. We're excited for the games. Um, maybe we'll do you know what? Maybe we'll do another podcast late in the week. I'm not sure, but. Um, Maybe we'll get Yas on here, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy all the games, and see you all later.